Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Not Another Rugby Podcast, brought to you by Rook.co.uk and Altius Images. I'm your host, Todd Dudley, and I'm joined, as always, by the editor-in-chief of Rook.co.uk and my co-host, Steve Smith. Steve, how are you, mate? Been enjoying the sunshine or...? Oh, not too bad, mate. Yeah, I've been out enjoying it. It's been good. Me being, you know, a northerner and from Newcastle, I am very, very burnt. The... Literally, I went to the beach last weekend. It was eight degrees. I got sunburned. <laughs> the short, shorts and vest are out in eight degrees. Thanks very much. Oh, um, you should have seen it. It was me in shorts and the vest and everyone else had the thermals, the woolly hats, the, the boots. A true northerner. <laughs> Well, mate, I went. I went to the beach last weekend. Actually, in the North Sea, I was up north. Um, glorious weather. It was delightful. It wasn't that cold, but I sort of forgot that it was the North Sea, like in the middle of whatever this weird cold spring is. And my God, it was so cold. <laughs> it was so cold. There's a thing at Time Off Beach actually where people go swimming every Saturday morning. Mate, we. I saw. I saw them. I don't. They were insane. I was pa- I was paddleboarding with a with a wetsuit on, but no boots on, and I was like, "This is too much. I need some boots tomorrow." And yeah, there was lads just like in there in their speedos. I was like, "What are you boys doing?" <laughs> I'd be disappointed if they were, to be honest. Yeah, I know, absolute insanity. But but hey, maybe I'll maybe I'll become a, a true northerner having once I spend a bit of time up there. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Well, mate, uh, another good another good week of rugby, which we'll we'll dive into a bit later on. But I think, you know, we've been doing the podcast for a while now. We're we're a huge fourteen episodes deep as of today, so I think it's probably about time that we we basically call for some change in the game. We we want to revolutionise the game. We want to grow the game, and really, they should let us do it. So we're going to chat about some some ideas to to make the game better. I don't think there's anyone more qualified than us, Matt. Definitely not. Definitely not. Having neither of us played an ounce of professional rugby before in our life, we are going to be the ones to decide how to make it a better game. <laughs> hey, Matt, I played in a charity game against politicians. Uh, I mean, that kind of counts, I guess. Yeah, that kind of counts. So, yeah, we'll, we'll basically just... Uh, I think we said we'd try and do five, but we might just bounce around with a few ideas. Um Obviously, they're all obviously incredibly serious, um, and we want every single one of them to be implemented effective immediately, really, um, and just to see just to see what difference it makes because we really think that they can uh, they can help grow the game. So, we'll start with you, mate. I think you've got a few more than me, so we'll start on your side. What have you got? What have you got to kick us off? What's going to change the game for us and get us growing? Before we go with anything controversial, you know, and you know annoy some people Ease let's just in. say ticket prices yep. should be capped i like it i like that a lot 100 percent. something you see in german football leagues that works amazingly well they always get unbelievable turnouts at games i even saw this week that they even get uh like free train ticket included in their ticket price as well which is genius that's awesome but yeah mate i completely agree completely agree i just, had, I just actually thought of a more outrageous idea wow contemplating that ticket price should be cut. Oh yeah. Imagine an all inclusive ticket. Oh on the drink. That's actually a fucking great shout. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. Twickenham. It might even if you spent because I think I spend more at Twickenham than anywhere else during a calendar year usually. Yeah. But if you could like instead of spending seventy quid on a ticket, you spend two hundred, but then unlimited unlimited food drink. and drink. Yeah. That is a decent shout. I like that a lot. So how how much is how much is a pint usually in Twickenham? Like seven quid or something. Yeah, seven eight quid. And then food's like extortionate as well. I like that. I don't. Well, I wouldn't know. That's an issue I have usually. Is I decide I'm not going to eat any of the food and have <laughs> seven or eight pints. <laughs> I I reckon this has got some legs. So would this be? Would can you? Can you choose between a normal ticket and an all-inclusive ticket? Because not everyone's yeah. going to it's have ten pints, are they? The as well. Yeah, like full board and half board, like like when you go on holiday. Yeah, that's genius, Breakfast mate. Only for <laughs> <laughs> mate, that, we might as well end the podcast there. That's probably the best idea we're going to come up with. That is genius. From nowhere as well. I just, I just think that's a good idea. We could get like you know, like a band with a barcode. Yeah, hundred like percent. This is maybe 
Does it? Does it? But that, but it also kind of makes sense from the venue's perspective as well, because that's just guaranteed income rather than gambling that people are gonna. Because because sometimes you know you go to a game and either the game's really good so you want to stay and watch it all, or the queue for the bar is ridiculous so you give up, or you don't want to have to need ten pisses every hour so you don't bother. Whereas if they get fair, guaranteed income, it's already card only as well. Yeah. Now, so. It's like the next step, isn't it? May I like I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So, and if it was just capped ticket prices, ignoring all inclusive for like a Premiership game, what what do you reckon the price point should be? Well, I don't. Um, I think it's. Tw- I think the the German thing I was on about earlier. I think in football, I think it's twenty euros for your ticket and and included free travel, which is pretty yeah, crazy. Twenty quid's enough. I think there's some clubs, though. I guess where there's a lot of Premiership clubs where sort of they're always filled to capacity, so maybe it would be tough for them to already change it. I don't know. Mm. Maybe I mean the football's thirty-five quid on away tickets. Yeah, isn't it? I, think I think so. They've and they're, they're, well, they think they're thinking It didn't go down well this week, but thirty-five pound might be. A, might be a good place to start in terms of the most expensive, and then yeah. work your way down. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, lot some, some clubs do, like you say, but a lot of clubs struggle to get to get fans in. So I think that's a, that's a good shout. You, you basically want to make it an accessible day out, don't you? You don't you don't want families or individuals to have to spend like over a hundred quid when you include the ticket, the travel, the food, the drink. Like that's that's, that's a pretty a expensive day out, especially if you're taking a couple of kids along or whatever. That's pretty spending. Yeah. So we'll fix that. Mm. Sorted. Done. I like it. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to a different. I've ju- I didn't didn't have this, but I've just thought of it while we were chatting about that. I think they maybe are trialing it in some stadiums, or maybe even have done it. So I might be behind the the ball here. But what about American style food and drink where they bring it to your seats? I know this was a thing that they discussed because of COVID, so it stops people milling around and mixing too much. But you sit in your seat, the hot dog man, the beer man, the peanut man, whoever it is, or woman, that's fine too, comes to your seat and gives you whatever you want. Contactless payment or show your all-inclusive band and you're laughing. I think the the only problem with that in this country is the way our stadiums are designed. You you don't have much foot room, do you? (laughs) <laughs> that's very true literally I remember like you try and put your bag down there and you feel like your toes are getting squished off that's true so, so yeah if you're in the middle of, the, of your row you're just getting slung points make it like you know when you go and buy cheese and you used to get that ticket what <laughs> like you'd go to like a cheese deli and you take your ticket off the wall and you wait for your number to be called <laughs> like, our, like Argos like Argos yeah 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 <laughs> That's what we need. We need an Argos style system. Click and collect. We need a giant warehouse that you're not allowed to see anything, but there's just pies and pints all over this warehouse. And then a man, a man or woman, goes off to collect your pie and pint and disappears for ten minutes. How excited (laughs) would you be for your pies? (laughs) Oh dear! Collection point number four, please. (laughs) Hill number seven. Mate, that would be good too. What if you make of a? I had one on my list saying no alcohol served mid-match, just because it's like it's like when people get up to go to the toilet, at the cinema, like every two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, I I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and and I think to be fair, well, maybe that's where we combine it with yours, and so like the beers get passed along, and he just walks up and down the stairs. Yeah, and if you want one, well, yeah. And, I think people rather pass a beer along than people walking in front of definitely. them every two seconds. Definitely, definitely. Or maybe we could. Oh, mate, I've got, I've got it. I've got it. We're combining lots of ideas here. What about, what about if? I'm not sure quite how we'll fund this, but we'll worry about that later. What about if we build yo sushi style conveyor belts throughout all the stadiums? Yeah, and then you just order what you want. There's an there's an app. You order what you want. Comes on the conveyor belt. It arrives at your seat. That would be brilliant. How good would that be? 
that could work. Although work. people would definitely steal it, wouldn't it? Maybe it would need to come in like a little box or something. Can you have to like scan it when it gets to you to unlock the box? Yeah, I feel I feel like there's some scope for for investigation on this side. Interesting that we well, spent the first ten minutes of the podcast basically discussing how to easily get more pints <laughs> at rugby. That's what we want. That, these are the things that people will need to know. This, and want to this is what's going to grow the game. That is exactly yeah. right. Going back to the all inclusive, you could like you were talking about making it, you know, affordable for families. You could have like a family ticket. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. Always because I don't know, it just always looks like stress. So much stress. <laughs> so much stress. It's just to know it's all already paid for and you can get them as much or as much as they need yeah. for what you pay. Yeah. I think people would like that. Yeah, that's good too. That's good too. Yeah, it's 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 just, it's sort of a shame that it we don't. I mean, we were just talking off off air before the podcast about how how the rugby thinks it's probably bigger than it is, and actually, people that don't really follow rugby have no idea who anyone is. But it would be nice to obviously grow the game, which we're talking about here, and get more people in, because actually, when you do go to a game, I just think it's like a really good environment to go and have a day out with the family, like. If you go to a football game, obviously, like the home and away fans have to be separated because otherwise, someone will literally die. Whereas in rugby, it's just like mixed fans; everyone's there to have a good time. Like, there's there's very rarely any stick from any fans to other to other fans to other play to any players. Like, it's just a general. Yeah, it's just like a generally really well spirited day out. I think. I think even when there are stick indicated at fans and players, it isn't. It isn't what you would consider the same as as football. It's not, it's not quite the same. Like the the most stick anyone used to get the Falcons when I went as a kid is if someone dropped the ball, if this one woman would just lift up a donkey and everyone <laughs> would make it. That was literally <laughs> the best thing ever. See, that's the kind, that's the kind of stuff that's fine, isn't it? Let's be honest. Well, it's not very expletive compared to when you're watching football, is it? Oh mate, football football was just different gravy. I remember, I think the literally the first one of the first games I ever went to was a uh, a football game. Haven't been to many. Went to see West Brom against Man United at West Brom, and I was probably I don't know twelve, maybe something like that. There was a kid. We were like two rows back. There was a kid next to me with his dad, who I shit you not must have been like seven, like seven years old, right? And uh, former former Manchester United great John O'Shea came over to take a throw in. And this kid shouts at him. He goes, John O'Shea, more like John O'Shit. Like this. He's like seven years old. And his dad's like, go on, sir, go on, sir. I'm like, what is going on? I bet he felt dead proud of himself Yeah, as well. I know. I know. He definitely like told his mates at school the day after, bless him, but... But anyway, yeah, that, right. that that compared to eating at someone when they drop a ball is uh, <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> Big fan of Winnie the Pooh, mate. But yeah, so basically, I I I like what we said so far. Genuinely, the like cap ticket prices, all inclusive tickets, a great idea. Family ticket is a great idea, and the Yo Sushi conveyor belt can maybe wait for another time, but. But yeah, I like all that a lot. It's good. There's something in it. Definitely. I like the idea of having the American style as well, just to have people have to move around less a little bit. Yeah. We, we just want to move less, drink more. Basically. Yeah, basically. It's tricky. It's tricky, isn't it? Like, because part, part of part of a day out, de- I mean, definitely for me and probably you and probably a lot of people, part of the day out is having like a few beers and a bit of food or whatever as well. So you don't want to stop people doing that. You just want to make it easier for them to actually enjoy <laughs> what they're there to see. I remember going to the the Twickenham Sevens a couple of years ago. And I reckon I watched like nine minutes of rugby throughout the day. So I was just milling about buying pints, talking to people the whole time, which was great fun, but not really going to grow the game because I wasn't actually watching any rugby. Yeah, that that's exactly why I like going to the Sevens. It's just more of a... Were you in fancy dress? I was. I was a love heart. 
Yeah, I actually actually made it onto made it onto TV. So if you're lucky, guys, you might have seen me. So, wow, brilliant. Well, maybe we'll have to try and find it and share it. Yeah, we can actually. We can share that on socials. I'm sure I've got it somewhere. I think the one time I've made it on the TV was on Sky when Bedford were playing Newcastle last year because I was Huge. the only visible Newcastle podcast. <laughs> you the only person there. <laughs> Honestly, mate, the best, the worst thing about it is Toby Flood spent about 15 minutes like lining up this kick, and so they had the camera just pinned on us the whole time. <laughs> what can we do? Because we had like the hat on, so that was the giveaway. So that's what they wanted. <laughs> Literally, I went to one one away game while we we're in the championship, and we scored one try. Like oh. I think every other game we scored like 25 tries, but. <laughs> Was it was it Radders? Did Radwan score at least? No, I think it was a prop. Oh god. The <laughs> worst. It was a drive or a prop try. The worst. Well, we should probably move on, hey. Um I've got one that's on a similar theme actually, on, on another another stadium edition, which is a little bit more okay. a little bit more serious. One of my favourite things when I watch rugby on TV. Is the is hearing what the ref saying to the players? Like I love the fact you can hear the ref mic the whole time, and I yeah. I think it would be great if the ref mic was played over the tannoy in the stadiums throughout the whole game. Um, that could work, especially a key decisions. I ex- think that's that's the thing, mate. There's there's been times where, especially in like big international games, when you're like, you know, up in the up in the bleachers at the top, you have no idea what's going on. Really, like you see that there's a decision been made. But you've got no idea why. You just see that it's a penalty for something for someone. Whereas if you fixed it, no reason why the speaker quality and the microphone quality shouldn't be good because they would have in the past made the argument that oh it would just crackle and stuff. But it's like no, no, not anymore. That no, no. maybe maybe it like the wreck. <laughs> but I reckon everywhere else would be all right. That is a bit of a wreck, to yeah. be fair. But yeah, that's I think that I think that'd be awesome. I just think. It, because again, it's a it's a fucking complicated game, and like when you've got people there that maybe don't understand the game that well, they could just not have any idea what's going on for eighty minutes. Whereas I think, yeah. if, and especially with how good, especially in the Premiership, less so maybe in other leagues, but especially with how good the communication of the referees is, like I think I think it's just like very clear and like really really bloody good, and just makes everything a lot easier to understand. So. Yeah, I'll do that like tomorrow. I think it it can't be it cannot be difficult. No, it shouldn't be. Especially like you say, the Tannoys are on all game doing this, what and whatever. Exactly. On the match and sort of around the match, one thing I wrote down was just the scrap anthem singers. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Why why do we even have those? Especially the ones that sing both. I don't know. I don't like it at all. I much prefer when it's a full Twickenham and you've got... I, I'll tell you, when the Army and Navy play, Ooh. it's always incredible listening to the anthem. And it, it would just be... They don't... I don't think they have an anthem singer because it would just dilute it. That's a good that shout. I think it makes... It probably made sense for the last... For Six Nations and Autumn Nations Cup when there's been no fans, probably. Yeah, but... But yeah, you're right. Full Twickenham, full principality. Like you want to hear, you want to hear the fans, don't you? Yeah, not not some perfectly good singers, but you know, I just not what I want. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think that's a good idea, mate. These are also all of our changes so far are really easy. They can just be like implemented every night, every, overnight. Yeah, they're not too ridiculous. Yeah, we're smashing it. Uh, we said we were going to fix the game, man. True, we do what we say. Very true. Uh, what's your next one? So you got the anthems there. You got got any uh, any larger scale ones for us? I think just moving on to a, a few law changes. I don't think I think we need to reduce the amount of replacements you can make. And the the theory behind that being, I just think it. I think your starting fifteen should be still a pretty special thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think everyone on the bench should be guaranteed to come on. Yeah, I think rugby players need to be able to play for eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. And also, it should create, hopefully, either more fatigue, so more space, or fitter, smaller, fitter, smaller, faster players, so that so a less less emphasis on just bashing each other. Yeah. Plus, Nigel Owen said so. So 
Oh, no, that's Nigel. Oh well, if not, if Big Nigel saying it, then it's got to happen, surely. But then, then Gus Scott said it as well, so I'm not as sure on that oh, one. But no. <laughs> oh no! That's all right. You had the casting vote. It's fine. Yeah, I sorted it. You are, you are, you are, and have always been the the middle ground between Nigel Owens and Jerry Gus Scott. I think that's where Rook belongs, really, <laughs> in that middle ground. In the middle ground, on the fence. <laughs> Might write that on our next on our next like deck or something that we are the middle ground between Jeremy Guscott and Nigel. <laughs> it's a good place to that's be. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um yeah, okay. I, I yeah, I don't mind it. Like I said, I think it will it either promotes more attacking rugby because there's more space to play because more people are tired or more long term it means you can't have like absolute mutants playing the game all over the place because they just won't be able to to keep up you'll get you'll get more of these like hybridy kind of players like the Ben Earl, Sam Simmons, those ki- those kinds of shape players who are who are fun to watch, let's be fair. Yeah. I think if we're talking bigger changes, I'd like to see more of an emphasis on maybe a slightly larger premiership and make Europe something you actually have to qualify for. <laughs> to be honest. I think because if the Challenge Cup wasn't just everyone who didn't make it into the Champions Cup, it might feel a bit more special. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we should create a new competition called the European Super League and see how that goes. <laughs> what, teams can break away? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I've heard this concept somewhere before, and I think fans got right behind it. Yeah, I think it will be really, really popular, I reckon. No, I, I just think there's a lot of games during the season and the games that always get the best attended at Newcastle, for example, is always the Premiership games. Yeah. We yeah. need less of the games that people don't go to and more of the games that people go to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, make, that, that does make <laughs> sense. Or do we need to make the other games more attractive? Perhaps. Well, it's just how do you do that? I yeah. guess that's the problem. Yeah. I think I just like the idea of just, if we're going to cut off, the relegation's been cut off in the from at the moment from the Premiership. There's no point leaving two teams who want to be sort of in the Premiership adrift. Yeah. Might as well just invite them in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because like Ealing and there's probably a few of us who I'm failing to mention, they're ambitious and they want to be in there. So mm. just, I know that if we're going to, if there's not going to be relegation, you might as well, I feel. Yeah. If yeah. you just cut the English, Irish or English and Welsh or the Premiership Cup out completely. Yeah. So what four more games if you're not playing in that cup competition? Yeah. Because it's not like when it was the Powergen Cup and the final was getting 80,000 fans or 60, 50,000 fans there. Mm. It's a cup competition where the finals often played at a minor stadium with a handful of fans there. So a complete waste of time. Yeah, complete waste of time. Here's one that I remember Danny Cipriani bringing up. Just, again, just going on a complete whim here. Okay. Is he what we could maybe do, what we could do with transfer windows, a bit like in a football? Yeah. I've seen a few people mention that before as well. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a great shout. I think the only problem is, it is people don't really move for fees. So it's people just, you know, it's kind of like in football, you've got the Bosman rule where you can agree a team and move abroad in like the last six months of your contract. Yeah. Those wouldn't even fit into the window anywhere. So how many transfers would you actually get? Yeah, yeah, but 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 would it? Could could we? As we're making changes, do, do could we introduce a rule that means you can, you know, buy a player out of a contract for a certain fee? Which I'm sure I'm sure I don't really know, but I'm sure that that does happen now. But but can yeah. but can you like you know if. How about trades? You can make trades during the window. Trades is fun. Yeah, trades is fun. I like that. I guess for those sort of things to happen, it would have to be like sort of, you know, general like contracts where everyone, like certain players and certain standards get the same pay. So like the trades would make sort of financial sense. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah, so if a team is like struggling for a 10... And another team is struggling for a prop, but they've got they've got another one that that they could just swap with, and they could, 
Yeah, I like that. Mutually beneficial for both sides. I quite like it. Yeah, that sounds good. I think good rugby shout. can benefit more from sort of looking at American sport than football, to be honest. I feel like rugby yeah. can benefit from it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Put all three agents in at the end of a season to a draft. That would be that would be really fun. I love a good draft system. I think it's so fun. Yeah. That's, uh, Same here. They are always good fun. Yeah. Um, I've got a I've got a bigish one. What you got? I think that there should be a mandatory tour of the Pacific Islands for one tier one team every single year. So there's a, there's a, there's eleven tier one nations at the moment. So ten, like based on that, you'd only have to go once every eleven years. Well, let's just say that England this year were meant to be going to America to play Scotland. <laughs> Sure. See what a monumental waste of time that is. Go to, to go to the Pacific Islands and play those boys. I just think everyone bangs on about how we can support them and how much influence they have in the game, and that they're always the best players and yada yada yada. They they contribute a lot to world rugby, to French rugby, to English rugby, to New Zealand rugby, to Australian rugby. They're always the best players, and and yet. I mean, it, you know, they've got the Moana Pacifica team and the other one who I can't remember going into Super Rugby, which is great. That's awesome. But I think if... I think the teams need better international rugby every year. So for the sake of argument, next year, let's start with England because we've got the most cash. I think we should go and have a three-game series against Fiji, Samoa and Tonga. There's a great documentary in that. Ex- mate, so- Im- imagine how much money be pumped into the Pacific Islands for that. Having players stay in, like, hostel. I know there's nice stuff there, but it would be quite good just to see the players sort of roughing it a little bit. Yeah. Sort of experiencing the life of a Pacific Island rugby player. Definitely. That would be... People would love that, and the documentary would be great. Definitely. It would be like watching a, an old-fashioned Lions doc, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, get, mate, get, give the right... All the England players love copy machines, but maybe we should take them off them for <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Give the rights to Amazon, get Amazon to pump a load of cash into it, and yeah, I, I like. I just don't think it's. I just don't understand why that. Why I mean, when was the last time a tier one team went even went to the island to play? I feel like someone. Did, did Wales play there once? Maybe, maybe. But again, it's just me thinking, did they, did they not? Scotland played Wales somewhere weird once, but I can't remember where it was. It just it seemed... was when the line was on last time. I can't remember where they played. Right, okay. Because oh. I think they were both playing in the Southern Hemisphere. Did they play in China or something? I don't know, mate. <laughs> I don't know. Look it up. But I just think it's a, I just think it's a pretty easy fix. Like, the burden isn't on, you know, England as the richest nation or New Zealand as the the best nation or whatever. It, it, it's just on the tier one nations, split evenly across them, where one in every 10 or 11 years, you have to go and tour to places that contribute massively to your rugby and to your rugby team. You know, we've got, yeah, no, I, we've got a lot of, like the Vunapolas, Tuolangi, like, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of those boys play for play for us, you know, with that heritage, and I think they surely they will be on be completely on board to go and do whatever they can. I think everyone would enjoy that as well because I think sometimes when you're watching internationals, especially when it comes to like autumn internationals, you can all become a little bit samey, can't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's so that that's be- my one. Hopefully, yeah, I'm, hopefully I'm, starting like, next year as well because I've got. I got money on Fiji to win the World Cup, so we need to get a bit of a move on with it. So, yeah, you could do with them games then. Yeah, exactly. Have you found this weird location that they played? No, I can't know what it was. I'm, I swear, I haven't made it up. <laughs> I might have made it up. Let's just pick out a place. Let's say they played in Malaysia. That'll do. For some reason, I think it was somewhere like Singapore. Oh, Italy Singapore. Played Scotland. Italy played Scotland in Singapore. There you and go. I can't remember why. 
oh what what we i remember watching it and thinking why why is this happening <laughs> well, it's the same... attendance of eight thousand people that's very bizarre very bizarre yeah i knew that happened but because i just well, couldn't remember why <laughs> Um, oh, any more, mate? Any more for me? I think I've got one more, so I can go with that. But if you've got any, shoot away. I guess just bringing relegation and promotion into the Six Nations is, is a, one which I think would be interesting. I think everyone's already had a say on it, and everyone's pretty much agreed, apart from the teams who could possibly get relegated. Pretty much, which is now just Italy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, think- I think we spoke about it during the Six Nations, didn't we? I think we said at the time that we'd both probably be in favour of like a playoff rather than straight relegation and promotion yeah, of a play sure. of a playoff game. Yeah, I think that and that game would attract. I think it would be really interesting to watch. I think people, I think people would actually look forward to an Italy match. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Or imagine if the other teams was in it; it would be even more tense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, imagine, imagine like, yeah. Wales have a stick, like well, or England. To be fair, we were pretty shy. Imagine England have an absolute stinker, and are in, and then have to beat Georgia away in Tbilisi or whatever. Be good I mean, fun. We can joke about that game. We'll be more excited to watch than we are majority. Yeah, of games. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that would be good fun. And it, and also just on a the similar kind of thing to my Pacific Islands idea, it just gives it gives these developing rugby nations. Better, hope. you know, better, a bit of hope and like more, uh, what's the word? Oh, Christ. More exposure to, to good tier one rugby, which inevitably will make them better. And then it's just, you just do that and do that and do that. And hopefully everyone gets better. Well, when the UK government was saying, oh, we're going to intervene in this um, Super League, European Super League because of lack of competition, mm. it's like Six Nations. <laughs> Just sitting pretty. Well, and, and the Prem, mate. And the Prem rugby now. Yeah. Exactly. They're just, like, flying under the radar a little bit. But, but yeah. I mean, I saw, I, do, I do understand it in the Prem at the moment. I don't, I don't like it. I don't think we should do it. But I do understand it, at least, in the Prem at the moment. I would say, the, I would say since they announced that, the quality, the quality has actually dropped quite a bit. Because I thought the Premiership was the most exciting thing around. And... Mm. Dropped off a little bit. It's I think quite... some teams, some teams are still yeah. battering away. Teams who are around the middle have now dropped off a bit. Mid middle and the bottom, mate. Like Worcester, without being without being too rude, Worcester are absolutely dross at the moment. And there's no way that there's there's no way they would be that dross if there was the fear of relegation. No, like they just capitulated like... at the weekend. Yeah, for the, it's funny with Worcester. It feels like every time I worry about them, they sort of create some more of their own stars, but I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, when the relegation comes back, it's going to be quite interesting to see how they do. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Let's see if it's a time where they've not had to worry, they sort of go backwards a bit and then very hard to start going forwards again once you go back. Yeah, they'll, they'll be buzzing. They'll be absolutely buzzing for it to be ring faints for as long as possible, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Um, my last one, mate, and I haven't really thought about this too much, but lots of people have in the past. I am. I think I am in favour of the much-helder global calendar, I think. I was as well, because it made every international match meaningful. Exactly. I think it, done, it does that. I've always had a club with the autumn international. Yeah. I enjoy going to them, but... I don't know. It just feels like they need more around them, more purpose. Yeah. I was just saying that would deliver it. The whole global calendar makes every international game mean something. I think the thought of a grand final in it, I think people would enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I also think, I I think this might be wrong, but it would would also make the UK have more spring slash summer rugby, wouldn't it? Like domestic rugby. I think. I think so, yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is great. Like, well, I don't know why we don't do that. No. There seems to be some sort of... I think we find at times with rugby, there's like this, this insistence on tradition 
a little bit too much when change would actually benefit the game a lot. Yeah. Especially now it's no longer an amateur sport. Definitely. Well, that, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the, I've actually written that in my notes. Like, I think professional rugby should be spring slash summer rugby, but I don't think amateur and grassroots should be. No. Like, I think that I should don't. stick where it is because, you know, like, you know, lots of people, lots of lads play, lots of lads and, and women will play rugby in the winter and then cricket in the summer. Cricket. Professional rugby players aren't doing that. So there's no need for them to not play in the summer when the weather's good and the rugby's good. Exactly. And there's already limits on how much rugby they can actually play. Yeah, exactly. Like throughout a year. And, you know, it's a professional sport and I know they need time off, but I think if it's managed properly and the limits are in place, there's no reason why they shouldn't be sort of playing quite, quite regularly throughout the year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But you can't compare it to any other job where maybe they could give rugby players holiday and they can take it off when they want. I don't know. That would be interesting. Yeah, just give them annual, would, just give them annual leave. Yeah. But then, to be fair, you'd have, you'd have everyone you'd missing. Take annual leave during a final, wouldn't you? You just think, no, surely they wouldn't do that. But yeah, that would be the thing. It's like it's like at work when you when everyone like you. You're told, oh yeah, you've got five days annual leave left, but you're not allowed to take them this time, this time, this time. <laughs> like, well, like my mate, like my mate to work in factories, they have like factory shutdown time, so there are like yeah. weeks off yeah. too often. Yeah, because they they're like, oh well, the body needs to rest, but I don't think taking a month off, not doing anything, then coming back for ridiculously intense pre seasons every year is good for your body either. No, probably not. Is it? Probably not. Slow and steady. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Global calendar in summer rugby in Bill Beaumont. You are welcome, sir. What and, do we think? Actually, one thing. Just but you mentioned the big man, and he mentioned quite a lot in his campaigning about making it so players after a stand down period could represent maybe the nation of their birth. Thoughts on that? Sort of like to. If Nathan Hughes, I don't think he's played for England for two years, can now play for Fiji. Love it. Love it. So so in favour of it. Yeah. Like, I think it's... Espe- yeah. well, especially if it's... That's exactly what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I understand if you've got, like, you know... I don't know. Let's say, let's say Sheedy doesn't play for Wales for a couple of years and then decides to play for England which won't happen because he will play for Wales. But, you know, just as an example, that I'd probably have more issues with. But but going to help a, a tier two nation, I think is a great, like a great idea. Why why wouldn't you do that? That's a bit like Toby Flood, but at one point wanted to play for Germany. For Germany. Like, does that hurt? Exactly, exactly. Why, why would you not let him do that? Maybe you need to put like a limit on it so, it's, so you could only have like five per team. Because I think Mako talked about and he was slightly worried that you'd end up having all the young players who want to play for Tonga sort of pushed to the side a little bit yeah yeah which which is a good shout maybe like a five player limit in the squad or something yeah I think that's a good idea because then it's just sort of the best of the best because you don't want it to just be everyone yeah yeah no I think that's a great shout but yeah but yeah but, but yeah I think we've had the chat about Charles Piertau before. Like, imagine if imagine if Piertau could go back and play. How good would that be? I've always had the bit of a ridiculous idea of having a Barbarians team at the World Cup. Yes, you mentioned that. That would be that would be jokes. To be fair, it'd be great un- until they win it. Yeah, Cipriani scores the drop yeah. goal of the England final. Exactly. Cipriani drops for glory. Just flips the bird to Eddie up in the stands. <laughs> That'd be, that would be very funny. Well, it's just, I think the more competitive teams you have in a world, the better. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's just a bit like we said with the, the players playing for a second country. It's like, you don't want to limit other people's opportunities. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, but I think that, have, yeah, have a five in a match day squad, have a, have a maximum of five. I think that's a great shout. Yeah. I like it. I like that a lot. We're fixing the game quite easily here. We are. 
Any, should we are we rounding up on that one, or should, have you got any more for us? No, I think I think I'm about done now. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure this will be dissected in detail by uh, World Rugby, so you're welcome in advance for fixing the game. Um, I think in terms of priority, I'd probably say the convey the Yosushi conveyor belt is at the top for me. Uh, I reckon. I think that's I think a. So. I, mate, I think that's, the more I think about that, the more genius that is. If we ever if we ever build like a ruck rugby stadium, we'll definitely make sure that we put Yo Sushi conveyor belts or, in the whole way around. Yo Sushi conveyor belts. <laughs> Maybe just have a tap in front of your seat, even just every every seat's got a tap. What a shall that is! Just pipe the stadium with beer. It's like an ecosystem running on Guinness. Genius. Absolute genius. I like it. Well, on to, uh, on to unfortunately, more more realistic things. Things that actually did happen. Did you watch much rugby last weekend? Not too much. I had, I had a first weekend off in about three months at the beach. Very I nice. saw England, England women win again. Yes. Go on the roses. Go on the roses. I thought they're a weird team because I think it's just I have high expectations of them because there's sometimes I watch them and I'm like, I think, oh, not as good as I've seen them before. And then I look at the scoreline and they've won by 60 points. Yeah. So yeah, I think they set high standards for themselves and I think they need to because, you know, if you're playing against opposition who, you know, is not up to your standard, you need to be ruthless, especially with the World Cup now next year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And they've got... They got the the final of the Six Nations t- tomorrow against France, and you know their their record against France in the last few games is very very good. But France are probably still the only other team really that can sort of test them. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But I just can't, I can't really see France getting close to be honest with how with how the girls have been going. No, they they're looking they're looking good, Nick, and I think I'm I was disappointed they moved the World Cup, but it's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah, I think it it makes sense just because of how many teams are, are amateur. Like, if there was more professional sides, then I, I kind of would push for it to stay. But it just doesn't it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work when people have you know got got other shit to worry about. Basically, <laughs> it just doesn't work. Yeah. But no, yeah, good good luck to them in the final of the Six Nations tomorrow. That could be could be a hell of a game. But I've got a feeling that. Actually, I think it'll be a pretty comfortable win for the Roses, I reckon. Doing proud. Some uh, some decent Prem stuff at the weekend as well. Lots of points scored. Um, maybe that is a result of there being no relegation. Maybe people are playing with a bit more bit more flair. Who knows? But big win for, for Saints on uh, on Friday night against Irish, 44-26. I don't know how much you watched of this. This was like watching Northampton from a couple of years ago. I was like... Hello, this is Northampton are back. They were good. The way the Premiership's been this year, it's like Northampton are back one week and then next week, well, this week we'll we'll see them go back to the their old selves. <laughs> it's just been so strange. That is true. That is true. My my big takeaway <laughs> from that was that I think Dan Bigger might be uh might be starting for the Lions. I think so. I think he's the inform out of them all yeah. by quite a long time. Yeah, because I don't, I, 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 I don't even know whether he'll take. I think he might take Finn Russell in the end, but I'm not 100 sure. It wouldn't surprise me if he takes all four with Farrell as a centre. I think he might, to be honest. Yeah, I could definitely Just, see you that. Don't want to start with a media, you don't want to start your tour with a media storm. Anyway, not that he should be influenced by the media, but it always felt like with Cipriani in England, it was just such a big distraction. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Them. And leaving Farrell or Russell out will generate that same sort yeah. of storm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so, so big, big as in for me. I tell, you who's, I tell you who looks really good for Saints, mate, who's, for me, he's come out of nowhere a bit. He might, I don't know, he might be the best player since sliced bread, but he seems to have come out of nowhere. Ollie Slyhoe. Yeah. He's just scoring for fun, mate. He's like strong, absolutely rapid and just can't stop scoring. 
Yeah, I saw him play for England in the twenties a few years ago, and I thought he's very, he's very good. And and he was up against Hassel Collins as well, who has been very, very good and was still pretty good at the weekend as well. But Hassel Collins got a lot of hype around him, and Slight Home did a job on him. Yeah, didn't even didn't even break a sweat. I don't think he was very, very good. I like the look of him a lot. I think I think Saints deserve a shout out as well for. I mean, they didn't at the weekend, but. A, I think a couple of weeks ago, they had a full full English fifteen with like nine academy products or something like that, which is pretty pretty outrageous, isn't it? To be fair, yeah, it's pretty. It's what you want to see, really, and especially when there's not as much on the line, giving these players an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, it's good good for the club, good for English rugby for sure. Like, there's definitely a few of those boys that will get a look in for England at some stage soon you'd have thought because they're all going really well so yeah I like it yeah for sure completely agree it was Exeter got their revenge on Wasps for earlier in the season they did and boy did they Jesus Christ Wasps were terrible in that second half I don't know what happened at Wasps they're just it's like the old Wasps have come back yeah yeah they're they're not in they're not in a good run of form unfortunately for them it's ever since John up a dog world. It literally is. It literally is. I, th- I know Lee Blackett's mentioned it, but did you see? I assume you saw Hoggy's second try. Yeah, that was the oh, one. One of the God. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, you need to go and find it. It's done the rounds on Twitter a little bit. Basically, like Hoggy's like picked up a loose ball in his own twenty-two. And like done a classic trademark hoggy like seventy meter spiral, but it's ended up resulting in basically like the world's biggest up and under because he's <laughs> he's ran seventy meters to collect the ball to score a try. Lee Blackett, I think called it, I think maybe called it like a disgrace or something like that. But how someone can spiral a ball seventy meters and then be the first to get there and then score a try is beyond me. That is absolutely ridiculous from Wasps. So poor. Just not. Yeah, it was one of them. Was, was it poor? Or was it incredible? So. Oh, maybe a bit of both, but but I think that I think that is absolutely shocking from wasps. Yeah, it was the first thing I saw when I got up on Sunday. As I saw that on Reddit, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah, it was it was <laughs> very bad, very bad. But yeah, Chiefs looked Chiefs looked very dominant dominant as did Bristol against Newcastle, and. Boy, am I excited for Chiefs Bristol tonight. How good is that going to be? Huge game. It's proper, isn't it? It's proper. I looked at the teams as well and I was like, oh, I love, I just love love that. Like Malin's, Malin's at 10, I'm very excited for. Piotr's back. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. It's going to be the game of the weekend for sure. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? It's also one of those games, you know where there's a lot of games that people hype up and they sort of underwhelm eventually I just don't see this one now now I'm saying this obviously it will but I don't see this one underwhelming I just think it's going to be like a proper good game I agree I think that's got all the makings of a proper top of the table clash yeah. it's kind of like Arsenal versus Man United in early football there yeah, like, yeah. not early but like just a few years ago early for us <laughs> early for us Sale, Sale looks so, alright as well like Got got the job done. They've I think they've looked really good uh, since since Sanderson's come in. But this was one of those winning ugly kind of games. I thought they were very good. I thought managed to get his first name wrong again. Say again. The rugby paper managed to get his name wrong again. Oh mate, why why do you think I just said Sanderson then? Because I didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah, that that's what I thought. That's what reminded me. I was like, haha, well well played, mate. And I love I love Pat, so I just want to say Pat all the time. It's Mr. Sanderson. Mr. Sanderson to us, yeah. Yeah. But no, they, they look good. Like, be, I hope they make the top four because I love I love Alex Sanderson. I love that they just got loads of huge South African boys. Like, yeah, I like, I like what they're about. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think they're going to be a good side now. Yeah. I, I just think... The, the, the issue they've got is they've just got quite a small squad. Yes. Yeah, always have, haven't they, really? Yeah. 
elsewhere, Harlequins just spank a Worcester, really. Yeah. And Leicester somehow lost against Bath. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, it's it's very it's very but Bath are probably Bath are probably the weirdest team in the bunch. I think. They like, were so bad. Are they are they terrible? Are they really good? Who knows? I'm not sure. I don't think anyone knows. I don't think they know. So. Quins look good though. Hey. Yeah, they do. Very I think, good. I think they might make up a good bulk of the England squad for this summer because mm-hmm. I think a lot of them be knocking on the door and deserve an opportunity. And I think, I think down that you got in the Dombran Smith. I really, I really hope Smith gets gets a look, mate. He's so good. Smith more so than even Simmons. Yeah, that, oh, massively. I'd way prefer to see Smith, and way prefer to see Smith than Umanga. Like, yeah, he's he's just he's different gravy to those two. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'd they, they look very good. Oh, but I doubt it. Say again. <laughs> I would like to see Danny Kerr get a recall, but I very much doubt it. And that's probably well, not the right decision. As well as he's playing, we need to be looking forward, and I guess that's been Jones's issue a little bit. I doubt it as well. But the more the more I watch him play, mate, the more I think he might get picked for the Lions. Especially because no one's playing brilliantly in that position anyway. He's he's he is at the moment by. A considerable distance, the best scrum half in Britain and Ireland. I'd agree. I think he could be a possible Walter. It really wouldn't surprise me. I, 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 I think him and him and his mate Marler, I reckon, could both go. Nobody's got more experience either as being an international replacement yep. scrum half. Exactly. So that's a different think, to starting again. Definitely. Yeah, if you take and you know, you take Conor Murray, Conor Murray and Ben Youngs. You're just replacing a player with the same player, effectively. A plank with a plank. A plank with a plank. A box-kicking plank with a box-kicking plank. So, you know, we saw a few years ago, before Danny Kerr spoke out against Eddie Jones, how unbelievable he was off the bench. He just came on and ripped it up with his, his like, running game, his attacking, kicking game. He's he's just proper, mate. And he, at the moment, he just looks relaxed. He looks like he's not trying to impress anyone and just looks... Really, really bloody good. Yeah, that's when you play your best rugby, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Do you think? Uh, do you think the top? So the top four at the moment: Bristol on sixty-six points, Chiefs on fifty-four. So I mean, if they want to get that top spot, they desperately need to win tonight. Which I, I still think it will be a stretch. But Sale on fifty, Quinns on fifty, Saints on forty-six, Irish forty-one, Bath thirty. That they're probably struggling a little bit. Do you, do you see the top four staying as it is? Bristol, Chiefs, Sale, Quinns? I think so. And I think that would be what would be deserved on the balance of the teams play throughout the season. Yeah. I think the four best teams in the league at the minute. That would be a fun... I think Northampton, if Northampton can play like they did last week, they could, you know, knock one of them out. Yeah. But yeah. It's just been that question with quite a few teams this season, hasn't it? Yeah. Are they, say, are they great or are they terrible? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That would be they'd be some good semi final matchups as well. Bristol against Quinns, that is like Jue Jue. And then the power of Chiefs against the power of Sale, that would be a lot of fun too. Be, yeah, because then in the final you'd have the best at stat style of rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be really fun. Yeah, I think I probably agree. I can't just cause just because of the, the I mean, Quinns and Saints have won the same amount of games, but Quinns just seem to be in much better form. They score a bucket load more points. So I think if that, yeah. Get, if Quinns could have, you know, solidified the defence and maybe put a little bit more weight in the pack, mm. that back line is waiting to rip it up even, just the same, but with more of a balanced to play, yeah. balanced ecosystem to play off as a team. I think that's what we want to see from them moving forward is can they continue to play this style of rugby but also make it more efficient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other the other biggish result from the weekend. Sarri's managed to get the job done away at Doncaster. <laughs> not not an easy place to go. Well, you wonder how these players are gonna be up to scratch for the lines, don't you? To play them games like that a little bit. Mate, it's you can't a- fault Doncaster. Effort, it's a different it's a different kind of it's a different kind of challenge though isn't it like 
it's not it's not the power and the skill that they'll have playing against South Africa, but it you know it's a going to Donny. You know, it's a challenge in itself. That's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, I saw Owen, Owen Farrell managed to still put in a high tackle. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And I understand, right, so I understand why that gets picked up right. I don't know why Goody, it's like Andy Good literally just watches Saracens it, matches and stuff. That's exactly what I was going to say, mate. Like, it just annoys me a little bit. Like, I, I like the rugby pod. I think him and Jim Hamilton are good value together. Apparently, he can chop a pint really quickly, which is great. <laughs> he went to the school I went to, which is also great. But he just seems to have a bit of a vendetta against Farrell. Like, he just wa- he just seems to want him to get banned. And I just don't really know why. <laughs> I don't know. Probably because Prob- well, he scored more points than him. Yeah. I just don't think there's any need to... to Go th- like, pick it out, record it in slow mo, put it on Twitter. I don't know; it just seems strange to me. Well, I think a little bit like because obviously we were reported on it. I think he just he's looking for things that will get him the most interaction and the most reach to his audience. Yeah, true. To be true, which which I guess is the name of the game, which is which is fair enough. I can't really call. Goody out for doing the same sort of thing we do. No, I, mean, I guess he does so. it quite. He, he likes causing a bit of uproar, but I think that's just part of his online strategy. I, I guess so. I guess so. I enjoy it. It's one of them. It's yeah. a bit like listening to Adrian Durham on Talksport. <laughs> you can sometimes he's just you can tell he's just trying to rile people yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Maybe maybe I shouldn't nibble. Maybe that's the issue. See, he's got what he wanted out here. Exactly, he's got me. We've we've given him we've given him about two minutes of airtime on the pod. So, well, that's what that's exactly the point, I guess, because he knows that the foul thing's always topical and it always attracts yeah. a bigger audience. And and very split, like either everyone jumps on his bandwagon or everyone hates him and tells him to leave him alone or whatever. So, so yeah, he gets a passionate reaction either way. Yeah, exactly. So that that that's why he does it. Well. Andy, you are welcome because I'm sure that the mention on our much more successful podcast than yours uh, will really give you really give you a boost this week. So you're welcome. No worries. Just trying to help. Try try and help out the small crew. Yeah, it's not it's nice, isn't it? It's nice for us to to do that. It always. So yeah, mate. Pick of the games this weekend's got to be Bristol Chiefs. Uh, we've also got yeah the Red Roses playing tomorrow in the Six Nations final, which is very exciting. Mate, there's so much rugby on this weekend. Super rugby's back, the champs back, top fourteen, the Rainbow Cup starts. My God, there's a lot of rugby. I, I was about to say it took us for quite a while to get the the siren there. It was good to get it in. Yeah, of course, mate. We're over the hour mark. We're wrapping up, but it's still going. Don't you worry. I'm going to get one. Mate, I'm just looking at the games this weekend. There's so much rugby going on. I think I'm going to try and get like a calendar out this afternoon and try and stack up what to watch because it's quite, like you said, there's so much. Oh, I've just... I don't have the Bristol's tonight because that's just on its own a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Toulouse Racing tomorrow night, mate. Oh, wow. That's pretty tasty. Shame that you can't watch top 14 in, in the UK. That's a shame, isn't it? But oh, well. Yeah, mate, there's some tasty stuff going on. I know that. What did you say, sorry? You can get top 14 highlights on Daily Motion. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully there will be some highlights and that won't be too underwhelming, that one. But yeah, yeah. I reckon we'll, we'll leave it there, hey? Yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll, we'll crack on with our Fridays. Love it. That, that is it for episode 14 of Not Another Rugby Podcast, brought to you, as always, by rock.co.uk and Altis Images. You can find us on Twitter at Rut Rugby, Instagram at Rut.co.uk, Facebook, just search Rut Rugby and you'll find us. And you can visit our website, Rut.co.uk, for all of the latest rugby news and features. Thank you for listening. We hope we uh, we inspired World Rugby to change the game for the better. Uh, it was good fun. Enjoy all of the rugby this weekend. Please subscribe to, rate and share the podcast. And we will see you next week. 